Hey folks, I'm so glad you decided to tune in again today for another faith-filled message brought to you by the partners of the Peckville Assembly of God. We could not do it without you. We're getting this gospel message out as fast as we can on as many networks and voices as we can to help empower people by the power of Jesus Christ. We could not do it without your faithful partnership. If you do me a favor and let people know about our broadcast, help us uh, either by word of mouth or sharing it with them on Facebook, whatever it might be. We truly appreciate all of our partners. We pray for you each and every day. Hey, drop us a line sometime. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned. We're coming live at you with the word right now. Come on, something great you receive from God. Every time we come to church, it's up to us if we're going to receive or not. I said it's up to us if we're going to receive or not. It's up to us if we want to take a drink. Hello? Come on. In the same way, if we went out to the buffet after this, right, and they have all that food on the buffet line in front of us, and we decided not to eat anything, I mean, that's our own fault. You walked away hungry. Whose fault is that? Thank you. It's, our, it's my fault. But instead, no, I'm the type of guy, if I go to the buffet, I'm going to lose a, a notch or two on the belt. Amen? I'm going to eat all I can eat because I'm getting what I paid for. I said I'm getting what I paid for. As believers, we ought to have the same attitude. Oh, come on. I said we ought to have the same attitude, getting everything that Jesus paid for. I said everything Jesus paid for at Calvary, our salvation, amen, our healing, our prosperity, everything the Word says we can have, we ought to not let the devil steal one thing from us. Come on, I say, not let him steal one thing from us. Enough is enough. I don't know about you, but I'm not leaving behind one blessing. Oh, come on, I'm not leaving behind one blessing. I'm not leaving behind one breakthrough, one moment of peace, one healing, one you know prosperous thing, whatever it might be. I want all that I can get in this life. You know, I heard a, a preacher tell a story years ago, and he said, he said uh, the story about uh, the guy had died and gone to heaven, and St. Peter was showing him down the hallway, and they went by this door. And he says, what's in there? He says, oh, no, don't worry about all that. He says, no, no, what's in there? He says, no, I don't want you to see in there. He says, what do you mean this is heaven? I want to see every square inch, amen? He says, no, I really don't want you to go in there and see what's behind that door. And he says, man, forget it. This is heaven. I want to see it. So he says, okay, at your word. He opened the door for him and went in, and it was almost like a warehouse, if you could see it. And in that warehouse, there was all kinds of healings, blessings, spare parts. Come on. I said spare parts, <laughs> breakthroughs, moments of peace, moments of prosperity, wonderful seasons. And he said, my God, what is all this? And he said, that's everything the children of God have missed on earth. Whew. Have missed on earth. That God had planned for him and had store for him right here. So I don't know about you, but I'm not going to get to heaven one day and see a warehouse that I left anything behind. How about you? I'm going to get there and that thing's going to be cleaned out. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on, this is going to be cleaned out. I don't know about you. If Jesus paid for it, I'm going to take hold of it. Come on, I'm going to take hold. But you got to take it by faith. I said, you got to take it by faith. Turn with me tonight. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Get over here and... Uh, Let's go to Romans 10 first to set this up. Romans chapter 10, if you guys could help me back there on the screens. Gentlemen, are the live stream's going? Thank you. Appreciate that. I'd just like to say, too, tomorrow in the 11 a.m., how many Yankees fans do we have here tonight? Well, who do the rest of you guys like? Good Lord. Is there any other team but the Yankees? I got a young Yankees fan on the front row down here. Praise God. 
Well, tomorrow on the 11 a.m., we're going to have a special guest with us. For those of you who probably grew up watching them, there it is right there. Yankee legend Mickey Rivers is going to be with us. So that's going to be exciting. And uh, it's kind of funny how that came to be. But his nephew was here this week. And uh, his nephew's a part of the Bat Boy production that's coming to the Rail Riders. And his nephew, when I came in the room, he said to me, he said, would you pray for me? Well, it's not an unusual request for a preacher. I said, sure. And so his name's Luigi, and he goes by the nickname Squeegee. <laughs> and he happened to be Derek Jeter's bat boy, and David Cohn before that, and Andy Pettit afterward, pretty neat, and some other guys from the Yankees were here. And so I, I laid hands on him and started praying for him. I felt the anointing of the Holy Spirit come over me, and I started sharing with him. And it's amazing, the anointing of God, it'll touch anybody right where you're at. Oh, I said it'll touch anybody right where you're at. If you have faith to believe and expectation, the Holy Spirit will touch you and meet you right where you are. And tears started pouring down his face. I'm telling you, I mean, it, you know, people aren't exactly altar boys. And uh, tears start pouring down his face. And he, he told me, he said, he came back the next day, actually. He said, you know, since I've left here yesterday, he said, everything about me feels different. He said, since you prayed for me. He said, I don't know how to explain it, man. My spirit feels different. He goes, I feel different on the inside. I feel different on the outside. He sees it's like everything feels different. I said, yeah, that's called the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And you can have as much of that as you want. Come on, I said, you could have as much of that as you want. Amen? Romans chapter 10, you there? Romans chapter 10. We'll pick this up and uh, how about verse 8 so I don't preach a whole different sermon. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. Somebody say, in my mouth and in my heart. You understand you have to have the word of God deep down on the inside and start confessing it with your mouth. I said, you have to start confessing it with your mouth. That's how faith is released, you understand. You release it through words and action. I said, words and action. Amen? So he says, you got the word in your heart. It's near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is what? The word of faith, what we proclaim. I find it amazing today in, you know, mainline Christianity, we have all this attack against, well, their, their word of faith, you've got to watch that stuff. When the Apostle Paul said, this is what we're preaching to you, the word of faith. <laughs> I mean, what are you attacking? Come on. He said, it's in your heart, and you've got to confess it with your mouth. And then, of course, you know, we know this next scripture. It says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved. Amen? Verse 10. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses, and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Hey now, is everyone mean you and I? I said, does everyone mean you and I? It says, everyone who believes in him. Oh, I like this. You got the amplified up there. Who adheres to, relies on, and trusts in him will ever, never be put to shame or disappointed. Oh, that's a good scripture. Come on, that's a good scripture right there. He says, no man who believes in him, who ad adheres to the word, relies on God, trusts on, in God, will ever be put to shame or disappointed in this life. You understand, it's not meant for you in this life to be disappointed. Come on, to be disappointed. And it's not meant for you in this life to live a life of shame. Come on, live a life of shame. Well, you know, I'm just not, you know, about that religious stuff. I'm not either. I don't even like religious people. I'm just being honest. I'm more into people that believe what the Word of God says. Amen? Come on. I, if you're religious, you and I probably won't like each other too long. I'm just being honest. Religious people will never teach you faith. They'll teach you religion. 
Oh, come on. I said, religious people will never teach you faith. It'll make you miserable. I said, it'll make you miserable. Come on. It'll make you uptight all the time. Boy, some of you are uptight tonight. We'll break that spirit off. Amen. Come on. I said, I said it'll make you uptight. It'll make you have a snooty air about you. Oh, man, you ever met anybody like this? Come on. After all, Jesus rebuked religious people. Who did Jesus get around? He got around people that believe him by faith. I said he got around people that would believe him by faith. You understand faith is what moves the hand of God. I said faith is what moves the hand of God. Your best religious whatever you could put on doesn't do one you know, ounce of moving God. Faith is what moves God. Oh, I'll take a step further. Your begging doesn't move God. Your tears don't move God. Oh, man, I just upended some people's theology. Faith is the only thing that moves God. I said faith is the only thing that moves God. Putting on your best outfit isn't what moves God. Come on. Putting on your best smile isn't what moves God. Oh, boy. Come on, don't lose me here. The only thing that moves God is faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible. For those that come to him must believe he is. And then it says he is what? He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You know, religion will teach you that God is up there at the lightning bolt waiting to strike you. Come on. Religion will teach you that God's mad at you. Religion will teach you that, you know, you'll never be good enough. You're unworthy. You're this, that, and the other. And it's all a load of crap and a lie from the enemy. I said it's a load of crap and a lie from the enemy. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe he is. And then he is what? A rewarder of those that diligently seek him. There's nothing wrong with believing God that he's going to reward you. I said, there's nothing wrong with believing that. In fact, I would, I would say this, just on a sidebar. Anytime you're giving your tithe and offering, and I got up and said this before the 11 a.m. last Sunday. Anytime you're sowing seed, you ought to have an expectation or faith attached to your seed. That God, every time I'm sowing into the ministry, I'm taking you at your word where it says I'm breaking the back of poverty off of my life. And I'm expecting a harvest on my seed. What kind of farmer would plant seed in the ground, right, and not expect a harvest? I'll tell you, a bad one. One that wouldn't be in business very long, amen? No matter how many tax breaks or whatever President Trump gave them, they're still not going to be in business very long. Come on. That's not a political statement. It's just because Trump gave tax breaks to farmers, amen? Good Lord, some people are glaring at me. I'm not going Republican or Democrat. We'll stay away from all that. <laughs> Praise God. But what I'm saying is, what kind of farmer would not expect a harvest on what he sowed? Folks, you and I are doing the same thing with the things we say. You understand what you say is a seed. What you say is a seed. And guess what? You're going to get what you say. Oh, I said you'll get what you say. Don't make me turn all the way back to the Old Testament and go through this thing because I'll keep you for weeks preaching it. I'm telling you, you can have what you say. Look where grumbling and complaining got the Israelite children. Stranded in the wilderness. Hello? I said stranded in the wilderness. How about when they went to spy out the promised land? Everybody gave a negative report except for two of them. How many people remember who the, all the people were who gave a negative report? Nobody. And nobody cares. Because as long as you flow with everybody else and talk like everybody else, 
you're going to have what everybody else has. But well, there's two different people that came back and said, no, I'll tell you what I saw on the land. I saw a land of milk and honey. Come on, somebody. I saw a land that was prosperous. I saw a land with houses that are bigger than houses we've ever seen in Egypt. Come on. I, I, I saw the blessing of the Lord over there. And in fact, I not only saw it by faith, I believe God's going to give it to us by faith. And those were the people that got to get into the promised land. Not the folks that talk negative like everybody else. And as long as you speak like everybody else, you'll have what everybody else has. But I promise you, in life, when you start looking at your business differently and start saying, Lord, I thank you. You're the one who's blessed me with this business, God. Lord, but I'm a business person, and I believe, God, I'm a man of faith, and my business is going to be head and shoulders above the rest. I said my business will be head and shoulders above the rest. It's not going to be like everybody else's business. I'm not going to be like everybody else. No, I'm a man full of faith, anointed of the Holy Ghost. And because of what God said I can have, I will have. Because God's anointing's on this boy's life and God's anointing's on your life. Guess what? That means the anointing of increase is on your life. And if the anointing of increase is on your life, then you'll change levels at your job for promotions that you don't even have the education for. I said you'll get promotions that you don't even have the education for. And you know what that's called? That's called the blessing of the Lord, as it talks about in Proverbs 10, 22, that makes a man rich and adds no sorrow to it. Amen? But you got to see it by faith. I love this. you got to say it by faith. Oh, and then you got to sow for it by faith. See it? I heard this said the other day. He said, faith is seeing, saying, and sowing. Faith is seeing, saying, and sowing. It's, I'm seeing it by faith. When you're sick, it's, I see my healing by faith. I don't see myself sick. I see myself healed. Oh, man. Come on, am I in the Pentecostal church or am I in like the, you know, the backroots movement here? I see myself healed and whole because of what the blood of Jesus purchased there for me. Therefore, I'm going to start speaking as if I'm healed and I'm whole, and then I'm going to be the benefit, benefactor or I'm going to receive of my healing by faith. Come on. Let me show this thing to you in just a minute. Turn back over with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Hallelujah. Matthew 8. Let's start all the way up in verse 1. It says, When he came down from the mountain... Great crowds followed him, talking about Jesus. And verse 2, And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Oh, man. There's so much right there. Leper comes to Jesus and says, Lord, if you will, or if it is your will, you understand, you can make me clean. I would say this. Healing is always God's will. I said healing is always God's will. And for people who tell me sometimes God heals, sometimes he doesn't, it might be his will, it might not be, show it to me in the scripture where Jesus didn't heal anybody. Show me one person Jesus turned away for a healing, for a miracle, for a breakthrough. Not one. So the first thing you have to understand in your head is healing is always God's will. In fact, I'll take it a step further, and I'd say you need to write this down, tweet it on the tablet or your heart or wherever you've got to put it, but this, faith begins where the will of God is known. I said faith begins where the will of God is known. 
I've heard all kinds of stuff. So people say, well, faith is stepping out over the staircase. You don't know what the rest of it looks like. Or faith is, you know, whatever. No, no, no. Here's what I know what the Word of God says. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And I would say this. I'll prove it to you. You couldn't be saved until you had faith to be saved. Until you knew that it is God's will for you to be saved. Come on. You couldn't receive salvation till you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, it is God's will for me to be saved. It is God's will for mankind to be saved and redeemed because of the blood of Jesus. And because of that, therefore, you got an understanding, or what I like to call a revelation of, it's God's will to save me. And then faith was born on the inside. I said faith was born. So faith begins where the will of God is known. And here, here I'll take a step further. When you understand you got that revelation that it's God's will for me to be saved, I could be saved. Now i got to catch that revelation. It's God's will for me to be healed. Now I can be healed. Watch this. God's will is salvation. God's will is healing. And third, God's will is prosperity. And when you understand it is unequivocally always God's will for you to be saved, you to be healed, and you to be blessed. Let me tell you something. You get saved, you get healed, and you get blessed. Come on. I said, you get saved, you get healed, and you get blessed. Why? Because Jesus died to purchase it for you. And if you have faith to believe God, your faith can grab anything for you. I said, your faith can grab anything for you. Jesus said, all things are possible to them that believe. All things. I told you last week, I said, I spent all kinds of money going to Bible school, learning Greek, Hebrew, all this stuff. And guess what all translates to? All I just saved you guys a ton of money, amen? And you didn't even have to switch to Geico. All still means all. All things are possible to them that believe. You know, the problem is, is that religious spirit creeps in. That religious spirit creeps in and says, wow, I mean, all things, you know, he, he's a little extreme. You know, all things, you know, I, you know, I know he said all, but, you know, that might not really pertain to me. Come on. And doubt and unbelief try to enter our mind. Whew. Doubt and unbelief try to get in here. And if they get in here, guess what? They get the rest of it. I said they get the rest of it. Brother Shambach used to call doubt and unbelief the ugly Siamese twins. Amen? So verse 2, he says this. It says, And behold, a leper came to him, watch this, and knelt before him, saying, Lord. Oh, man. Lord. Lord, I'll show you something real cool about that. If you will, you can make me clean. You know what that means? The minute he confessed, Lord, oh man. it means he had faith in his heart. He just confessed out of his mouth. I'm about to show you something. He has faith in his heart. He just confessed out of his mouth. And by him saying, Lord, if you, if you will make me clean, what he's literally saying there is, I'm ascribing to being one of your followers by calling you Lord. He says, I, in other words, you understand, no, the Bible says nobody can say Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit enables them to. So if he must have had faith down on the inside, hearing about Jesus of Nazareth that was going about healing everybody, hearing about the crowds that are following this guy and miracles have just taken place. Come on, somebody. In fact, people, he's working miracles in people's life that he didn't even attend on working. 
from people shouting, pulling him in that direction, praising him, pulling him over this way, people reaching out and grabbing the hem of his garment. All this stuff is taking place, and this leper hears about it. And here's, maybe some of you might not know the background of being a leper, but if you were a leper, you were an outcast. You weren't even allowed in the city. You had to be outside and away from everybody. You weren't allowed to touch anybody. You weren't allowed to be near anybody. You weren't allowed to have any association with anybody if you were a leper. And this man apparently comes to where Jesus is and says, Lord, in other words, he's confessing, I believe you have authority over this disease. I believe you have authority to heal my disease. The minute he calls him Lord. Folks, this will set you free. The minute he says, you are my Lord. And he says, now, if it's your will, I know you can make me clean. That's faith released out of his mouth. That's him believing in his heart and confessing with his mouth. It's what I just showed you in Romans chapter 10. That's a leper that heard about Jesus going around healing folks, heard about Jesus working miracles, and said, you know what? There's no cure for leprosy. There's no way I can ever get back into society unless a miracle happens on my behalf. I'm going to die with this thing unless something changes in my life, in my circumstance, in my situation. And I heard about this Jesus dude, and he's touching lepers, and they're getting made whole. He's healing the unhealable. He's curing the uncurable. And wherever he goes, there's signs, wonders, and miracles taking place. And I don't know any much about him. All I know is he's a man full of faith, anointed of the Holy Ghost. And where he's going, miracles are taking place. So he gets to Jesus and says, first thing, Lord. The King James says it like this. It says it, he comes to Jesus and worshiping him calls him Lord. I believe you can heal me. He says, if it's your will, I know you can make me clean. There's no doubt in that. Oh, come on. There's no doubt in that. Look, you understand this man's gotten a curable disease at a point he's put outside the city. He's not allowed near anybody. He's not allowed to touch anybody. He's not, you understand, he's kicked out of society for the rest of his life. He's kicked out away from his family, from his children, from anything and everything he's ever had. He's now been uprooted out of society and put outside the city because of the infirmity that has plagued his body. But he comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, Lord, if it's your will, I know you'll make me clean. Believes in his heart, confesses with his mouth. Come on. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Believe with your heart, confess with your mouth. And he says, Lord, you will make me clean. Watch this in verse 3. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed, cleansed, cleaned, whatever you want to call it. Leprosy left his body. Amen. I said leprosy left his body. Watch what happened right here. Jesus, by reaching out his hand and touching this guy, you have to understand, Jesus just broke a serious rule. I said Jesus just broke a serious rule. If you study this, the minute Jesus touched this guy, Jesus now bans himself from ever being in society again. You understand, because he touched this man's hand, Jesus is not now not allowed to ever be around crowds of people again. He's not allowed to be around back in the city again, around society. The minute you touch the leper, you're catching leprosy. And now you're going to be put outside too. You're going to be put away from everything you know too. But Jesus, having compassion on him. Because faith is what moves God. 
I said, faith is what moves God. Because of this leper having faith, it caused Jesus to stretch out his hand and work a miracle. I said, work a miracle. It caused Jesus to stretch out his hand and break some rules, if I could say it like this, to bless that man. I said, it caused Jesus, that man's faith caused Jesus to break the law to heal him. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say it. Jesus will break some rules to bless you. I said, Jesus will break some rules to bless you. He'll break some, uh, some rules of society. Well, I just wasn't born in that family. Stop talking like that. I was born on the wrong side. You ever hear this one? I was born on the wrong side of the spoon. I don't know about you, but I wasn't born on a spoon. Amen? Come on. I, I've never seen a baby born on a spoon yet, yet people tell me all the time, well, I wasn't born on the right side of the spoon. Stop making excuses. You're speaking doubt and unbelief over your life, and you're literally forecasting or prophesying over your future, talking about, well, I wasn't born on the right side of the spoon. I wasn't born in the right family. My skin's too black. My skin's too white. My skin's too blue or green or yellow or whatever. And you're making excuses for your life, really. And, and I'll just go ahead and say it. A lot of people make excuses for their laziness and for their poverty because they try to blame somebody else. They try to blame somebody else. And Jesus breaks the law to bless this guy. I'd say it is. Jesus is still into breaking the law to bless some folks. Now, I'm not talking about speeding down 81. I'm not talking about, you know, raping or murdering or any of that nonsense. Come on, get with it. But what I'm saying is Jesus will come to you and meet you right where you are. I said he'll meet you right where you are, and he'll bless you wherever you're at. I said he'll bless you wherever you're at. When you get a revelation in Deuteronomy 28 where it says he'll bless you in the field and bless you in the city, you know what I found out? That means if I was li when I was living in Scout Township, he'd bless me. If I'm, you're living in Scranton, he'll bless you. Come on. It don't matter where you're from, what side of the tracks you were born on, what end of the spoon or whatever you want to call it, you think you come from. Jesus will meet you wherever you are. The Bible says, yet while we were still sinners, that's when Christ died for us. It says, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly like you and I and made us the righteousness of God. You understand, Jesus broke some rules by coming here to earth and dying for uh, sinners like you and I, past tense, and then making us the righteousness of God. You understand that? But faith caused him to do this. Oh, I said faith caused him to do this. Come on. I'd say this. God isn't afraid to get his hands dirty. I said God isn't afraid to get his hands dirty. Oh, come on. I've had folks tell me. You know, people come up to me in the community all the time. Man, I watch you on TV. I had a guy at Home Depot tell me the other day. He, said, he stopped me. I was, you know, I had my work clothes on or whatever. He's here during the week. He says, you're giving them hell on TV this morning. I said, thanks. What do you say to that? You know? He goes, I'd like to come there sometime. I said, you should. I, I couldn't come, man. I had a roof would fall in on the place. I said, trust me, it's a really good roof. It won't fall in. Amen. Come on. But this is, this is how people look at things. Well, I'm not religious. Good, I'm not either. I'm just Tyler. Nice to meet you. I want to thank you so much for joining us. I want to encourage you to pursue a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There is a God in heaven who loves you, who has uh, exact and specific blueprints for your life, for you to follow, that uh, when you're in your sweet spot, when you're in the will of God, you'll enjoy life to the fullest. And we would love to help you in your journey of faith.
Until next time, may God's richest blessing be yours.